to the Hacking Your Health podcast with Ben Kenning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome back. I am Ben Canning. I'm Dave Kennedy. And it's Monday. And this is Hacking Your Health Podcast. Monday. Yes. We decided to do this early since uh, Ben is flying uh, over to the great states of the United States of America here uh, starting tomorrow. So he's going to a couple days in, in Ohio, a couple days in Nashville. And then you go to New York after that? Is that right? No, I'm going after that. I'm going to London and then I'm going to Matt's event in Leeds. Um, so I have uh, quite a bit of travel to do. I'm going to New York later on in the year, but not in this one trip. But yeah, I travel tomorrow. Um, I've had a couple. You all packed? Did you, you, did you get your vitamins uh, taken care of? Oh, what a shit show that was. So I was like <laughs> sorting everything out. And I was like, right, morning, evening. I have two pill boxes that are seven days each. I was like, I'll just bring them all because that's me covered because I'm away for like 12 days. And Harper was like, I want to help. I want to help. And I was like, right, you count those ones. And you just fuck the whole thing. <laughs> so, oh my God. so I don't know. <laughs> I was texting Ram, who's, who's obviously coming with me. I was like, look, you need to keep an eye on me because if I'm like high or low or like back to front or like sleepy in the morning, my pills are the wrong way around. <laughs> so you need to just yeah. swap that around for me. Um, but yeah, I looked at them and I was like, why are they all white? <laughs> like, why are these not different colors? <laughs> Everything's the same color. Like, I can't even differentiate what was what. So, I did my best. I threw them all back into the pillbox, so it will be an interesting one. But yeah, I got my supplements packed. I'm actually nearly packed. Like I don't usually have that shit organized, but I'm ahead of ahead of myself yeah, this time. Um, but yeah, I mean, this time tomorrow, I'll pretty much almost be there. Yep, and I'll be uh, picking up at the airport and then uh, going out for some Captain Sins. So. Yes, well, I mean, a couple because you fucking booked me in the Orange Theory. Do you want to do Orange Theory <laughs> on Wednesday morning? No. Okay. Do you want to do it at 6.45 or at 15? <laughs> I'm actually glad you didn't do you said, you said You actually said absolutely not. Yeah. And and all I read was absolutely. So it was a mistake. It was a mistake. So I'll see you at Orange Theory 8.15 on Wednesday. Can't wait. Really, really looking forward to it. The one, uh, the one trainer there is like, oh my gosh, Ben's coming back. That's so awesome. So excited to see him. So she's super excited to see you. So you can't let her down. Okay. I feel like I yeah. can, I can definitely put in a better orange theory performance this time around because last time I didn't do <laughs> you any did last level time. of cardio. I also was wearing a pair of Vans. So I have my beat day of running shoes with me and I have my, look, <laughs> uh, actually texted me the other day. He was like, I know why you're doing cardio. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, so that you can beat Dave. I was like, yeah. That is it. That's exactly it. <laughs> That's the only That's reason why. why. That is it. Cardio. That's exactly why we're doing yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how's your? That's why I've been. Going, That's why I've been going five days a week to Orange Theory these past couple months. Uh, not telling you about it. So, well, what he actually said was, he says, "No worries. Well, you only have to catch up on two years, three times a week of his progress." In Orange Theory, yeah. that. I'm doing twenty minutes on the on the <laughs> um, But no, I mean, it'll be good fun. I think if fun's the right word. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, how's your week been? It's been going really good. Uh, uh, I got my gym all cleaned up for you. So I uh, 
I did a lot of detailing there. I got all my new equipment moved. Um, so I disassembled portions of the rogue rhino, which uh, is why I have this big gash of blood that was bleeding everywhere in my gym, which is why I decided to do a deep clean after that. Cause there's blood everywhere. Um, but, tears, uh, uh, <laughs> that damn rhino, you have no idea. That thing has been the bane of my existence. It's a great machine. It's just so over-engineered, so heavy, so awkward taking it apart. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm like, I can't remember how I put it together. You know, it's been been almost a year. And I'm looking now. I'm like, well, I think I only have to remove, like, these two bolts here. But then it's like, yeah, you can remove those two bolts there. But then you have to figure out how to get the pulley system out, which is, like, four bolts on the top and then, like, 15 bolts in the bottom. By the end of it, you're, like, basically taking apart the whole thing just to get these two parts separated so I can move it to get it out of there. So, but anyways, uh, it's nice and rearranged, ready to go. Um and it's funny the the room may smell a little bit like burnt rubber. I uh, the uh, uh, um, the new Squat Max MD that I got, which is the uh, Squat Machine uh, Belt Squat, really like it a lot. Um, it's what's really cool about it is it's it's center of gravity, so all the weight is right below you. Um, so as you're going down, it really replicates, except for you know it takes uh, um, roughly around fifty to sixty percent load off of your back because it um, it wraps around your belt, um, you know, like more like a belt. And then the center of mass is, is directly below you. It's not like a pulley system where it's pulling you out. So it really replicates the back squat so almost, down? you know, exclusively. Yeah, oh, pulling okay. directly nice. down. So, because the belt sits right below you. So, so you're Thanks basically dangerous. on the platform. It is, it's not. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's just really the easy. of everything. It could, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you want to protect the, the meat and potatoes, <laughs> but... Uh, um, but uh, you can do the squats there. And it, it's really nice because it, it you know, it really hits... Um, all the core fundamentals, the glutes, the hammies, uh, you know, the calves, and and your um, obviously your quadriceps uh, quite a bit, um, primarily quadriceps for, for squats. But I I, uh, I wanted to put the um, uh, incline heel uh, uh, little devices that I have on there so that you can do the raised heel uh, squats on there. But it's metal to metal and it's real slippery. So I took my old deadlift platforms and I cut it with a saw uh, in the middle of it, and it was like catching fire as I was doing it because like the the mat was it's like a rogue deadlift platform mat so the mat is like super thick and it was like eating through my saw and it was like creating all these sparks and everything it was smelling like burnt rubber so i did it and it works great and the the platform works good and it's good for the squat so i tested it out but uh you know i uh, almost caught the fire which is good but uh but solid, tell solid. lived to tell a tale i you know I, I still have fingers uh barely almost lost that one but uh no, everything else is going good in the gym the gym rebuild is is going great so how about you how are you doing yeah, I'm doing really good. Um, as I said, I've just sort of been finalizing things, chasing things, getting ready, checking, rechecking things um, for travel because I know I'm going to be in a couple of different places and just making sure I have all that stuff sorted. Uh, making sure everybody has everything that they need while I'm away in terms of programs uploaded, everything updated, doing check-ins and things like that. Um, I've been training. Obviously, I had my check-in with James actually today. So usually I check in with him on Tuesday, but he wanted me to check in a day early just due to travel. And he was like, so number one, it was my bad because he was like, oh, we were easily within, within the calorie range of 2,400. And I was like, I thought it was 2,300. Fuck. <laughs> I've been under-eating all this. <laughs> um, and he said to me, he was like, do you think that will be enough? And in my head, I was like, I mean, if I say no, he's definitely going to increase my calories. And I was like, hmm, I don't really know. Maybe it'd be good to have more of a buffer. And he was like, I will go 2,600. I was like, brilliant. Happy days. So, yeah, so there we, we go. Uh, I think truthfully, my plan is, that I'm going to run a couple of low days. So probably tomorrow, yeah. a travel day, 
my flight's at 11 30 i'll probably not eat before i'm not eating the plane i have a layover in boston so i'll probably grab something to eat there and then the flight from boston to yeah cleveland then we'll pick up and we'll go for dinner so that you know i'd probably touch 2000 calories um i probably say we'll probably hit higher calories on wednesday thursday again a travel day so i'll probably hit 2000 knowing that then sort of friday saturday sunday i have more of an alliance that i could probably push things to 3000 calories if i need them um so that'll be sort of my plan on that but other than that i don't have any complaints and notice notice you know to the listeners what ben is doing here is he's planning his calories for a trip because he knows that you know he's probably gonna have higher calorie days versus not and this is the framework and system to live by where you know you kind of understand hey i'm around these calorie uh, marks as far as my body's concerned and trying to stick with those even when you're traveling or where you're going to different locations just you know a system to live by with calories in versus calories out yeah and the thing for me is you know i've said this before i don't know if we've actually talked about the sort of goal towards the end of October on the podcast. But anyway, long story short, I have a goal towards the end of October um, that will involve uh, her removal that I actually have a funny story that we need to talk about and a spray tan. <laughs> but the reason that I'm doing it is actually to prove the point that all of this can be done with travel. Like this month, I'm pretty much traveling three and a half weeks out of the month. Um so I want to show that this can be done and navigated with a busy lifestyle, running a business and everything else that sort of comes along with it. Um, my story about her loss, I was going to message you. I was like, I may as well just talk about it in the podcast. So do you guys, <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, meal grooming one-on-one again. Uh, do you guys have feet over there? Like her removal Beats, cream? No. Right, so it's like this, her removal. Oh I, yeah, 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 right. yeah. Very similar. I've had, I have some horrible stories. Yeah, so I have that. a horrible yes, story from today. So I was like, right, I'll, oh. get, <laughs> I'll get that. Because if I just shave it with the razor, like the, the clippers, it doesn't last very long. So I was like, right, I'll yeah. get feet and like put it on. I obviously have quite dark hair and very coarse hair. So I, le- <laughs> I left it on. It says no more than 10 minutes. I was like, right, 12 minutes is about the max. And then started to like try and scrape it off. And it was just not coming off. It almost looked like it permed my hair <laughs> so that was fine as i got as much off as possible so it's like super patchy i'm gonna i will fix it later on this evening and i'll be fine for my arrival but i sort of made the mistake of like putting it on my arms too so you maybe see see here so now i'm in the position of like where do i where's the cutoff point do i now just get rid of all her on my arms all the hair or is it yeah, like you yeah, can visibly yeah. see where it is here so i'm like smooth up until this point and then her the whole way down here i'm like like do i commit to just taking all of her off and then where does that stop do you know what i mean i'm like i'd probably i'd probably leave the hair on where it's, it's at like- be my, my suggestion i know but like like not all hair grows up there all the time like i'll shave that too because i have a couple tattoos there and stuff so i'll shave like up to here but basically. that's another thing so like obviously yeah. if you have you know generally the consensus is if you have tattoos just shave their arms so i'm like i can see that sound we find nobody yeah. noticed because there's a tattoo there but then i can yeah. have one shift arm and one not shift arm. Like these are you know serious what, problems. We're gonna, to, have. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to end this podcast really early so that you can go <laughs> get another sleep tattoo before tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> just to say, it doesn't matter. Just all black. I just I need it. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, you'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. If you got a new 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 sleeve, I'll be really impressed. I'll be really really. Yeah, you should just get one of those like ones you can wear. Just get just pick me in. All who gets sleeves? Who gets sleeves? But yes, yeah, so that's my my hair removal issue today. I also have to shout out to my brother who came up to the house today to cut my hair because I needed a cut, and there's no way I would have been able to coordinate the time wise. So appreciate him for doing that. Anyway, yeah, I feel like it's been harder for me to get haircuts for some reason. I don't, like I just don't have the time. I you know yeah. I have time to work out in the gym for three hours, but no, I don't have the time to. You need to get the, the no. barber to come to your house. 
Yeah, it's come to my house while I'm lifting. Yeah. So like in between sets, you know, I could do like one side, okay, five minute pause, <laughs> yeah. do that rest of the yeah. sets would be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um yep. So yeah, that's it there for me. This week we want to talk about you sent me that video, the ugly truth about getting shredded. Yes. So uh, you've probably heard, if you've been listening to this podcast quite a bit, you probably heard this person's name. Um, but if you haven't, uh, this is a person that I would recommend uh, definitely following on YouTube. Um, great amount of knowledge kind of breaks down a lot of the science behind, you know, like everybody would be like, oh, you can only do 25 grams of protein per, you know, setting. And he actually breaks down all the scientific research then says, you know, how much that is bullshit. Um, you know, just just the different things, you know, that, that you know, kind of dispels a lot of the old bro uh, weightlifting stuff, as well as, you know, what's the best way to optimize various things. I mean, he talks about, you know, assume deadlifting, cheating, blah, blah, blah. That um, video was this hilarious one. cardboard cutout of Chris Bumstead. <laughs> that was hilarious. It was really good. Um, but, you know, this one was, was more so on, you know, realization of facts around uh, cutting and shredding and what that does to your body and um, why certain people can go, you know, sub- you know, certain percentage of body fats versus others and why others have a better tenacity to be more overweight than not. And so, you know, I thought today's podcast would be good to kind of one, there's, there's some studies that kind of support to, um, you know, what's best for losing weight, what's best for exercise, what is best for your body from a health perspective, but also, um, and what's the latest research say around exercise and weight loss. And then ultimately what does shredding look like? And what does that mean, uh, when you hear bulking and shredding? And this is kind of the the realization that I started to have when when I started working with Ben. Yeah, I think the the first thing I, I sent you was a picture of of this guy that was uh, it wasn't Coach Tony, it was another coach, Coach Jackson from uh, Tonal. And I was like, I want to look like that guy. And he's like, Well, you know, you know, we're gonna we're gonna build you up to to get to where you need to from whatever that is. But just you know, put some some realistic expectations. And you know, it's probably and you know that person's probably been bodybuilding for twenty years and. You know, uh, it looked look fantastic. Right? It's going to take some time to get there, and you're not going to get there in six months or you know three weeks or two weeks or things like that. And one thing that I started to realize about this whole kind of journey is, you know, my expectations of what I want to become change. And when I look at like some of the the bodybuilder folks, which look absolutely incredible, watching what they have to go through uh, to get to that stage is absolutely insane. Like, I mean ridiculously hardest thing you will ever do in your entire life. Insane. And, you know, I don't think I want to go to that extreme, but I do want to be big. I want to have big muscles. I want to be strong and I want to look good at the beach. Right. And that's, that's kind of my objectives and, and obviously be extremely healthy cardiovascular wise, blood work, everything else. Longevity is a big thing for me. So again, um, you know, my, my objectives kind of change, but you know, what was curious about the, the nipper part is he brought up this this discussion around what's called body fat set points, and there's there's basically uh, what the science is is showing is that there's kind of ranges in our bodies around what's comfortable for us of maintaining body fat, uh, and and there's higher ranges and there's lower ranges. So what he's what he means by this and what he's kind of showing is that when you get to a certain percentage your body's uncomfortable with from a fat storage perspective it starts to fight you every single way, shape or form, making you more hungry, making you be more lethargic, you know, uh, making you feel like shit uh, to really try to maintain that body fat as much as possible. And we see this all the time, Ben, you see it all the time with people that you're going through and, and is going through this process and you can kind of reset that, those body fat set points. But initially there's the, the basically like the bare minimum. And then there's kind of the top threshold where your body will basically say, 
well, I'm not hungry anymore. You know, let's start kicking up metabolism. Let's start doing things to kind of shut off some of his body fat. And obviously, um, the food that we eat is a big component that can go way past that, that body threshold point, which makes us start to feel bad, makes us start to feel like shit. So it goes both ways on not having enough body fat and having too much body fat and how we actually feel. And I thought that was really interesting because the folks that really struggle with weight, you know, you're probably feeling the effects of having too much body fat, um, both cardiovascular wise and health wise, but also just how it makes you feel in general sluggishness, not being able to concentrate or focus. There's a lot of things that go into, you know, being, you know, obese. And there's a lot of things that go into being too skinny. So it's kind of interesting how our bodies kind of try to self-regulate that based off of how we're feeling in performance. Yeah. I think even if you think about yourself, so, you know, we'll take from where you're at now to when you're at your heaviest, you're probably about 80 pints in difference in terms of like when you're at your heaviest to where you're at now, that'll be right. Uh, from when I was my heaviest yes, to now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah, obviously yeah. we've been much lighter, like, you know, we've been 40 pounds lighter. So that's 120 yep. pounds. So imagine that, right. Imagine you have to walk about with 120 pounds additional yep. on you at all times. Imagine the stress that puts in your body, the struggle, number one, being in that sort of position then versus now you're obviously much fitter. So doing it right now would probably be a bit easier, but being, you know, unfit, unhealthy, sluggish and having that additional weight on your body all the time, 24 seven for absolutely everything that you're doing. Like that stress on your body is massive versus being on the other side where you reach a different kind of stress that calories are low, foods are low, body fat's low down to, you know, even down to your sleep. Um, you know, whenever carbs are super low, there's nothing really to absorb the water in your body. So you're up more throughout the night in terms of going to the bathroom. So sleep sucks. Generally, you're colder because you're carrying less body fat whenever you're super lean. So there definitely is struggles on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and those both sides are, I think, you know, when you look at, at the overall perspective of different body types and how we kind of operate you know, the, the struggles for me are very different now than they were when I was 300 and X pounds versus before. Um, I think, you know, what's, what's interesting though, about that. And, and when you look at what Jeff is talking about, he, the, he had a video there and I was cracking up because the guy was, you know, it, it, it was talking about a guy that was in the cutting phase and he's like, let me tell you how it was a, you know, like a, a bodybuilder. And he's like, let me tell you how bad, uh, my hunger is on this. And he's like, He's sitting at a, a, a place and he's like, my dog food smells amazing. My dog's poop smells amazing. I would eat my dog's poop right now. And he's not, he's not even joking. He's like, I literally think it smells good. I would eat that in two seconds if I was allowed to. The bit, and and the, bit the dog the, dog poop. Yes, like, the, the bit that got me was whenever he starts talking about, you know, you get to that unhealthy stage and you're watching the food channel and it's like the big massive, but I was like, you, you've been me. there so many that's times. So, we, 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 so right I started now. laughing. I started laughing as soon as you said that. I'm like, that's Ben. Ben is literally <laughs> watching the food right channel now. right now. Every I, time I talk to you, you're like, I'm watching the food channel. I've said, <laughs> I said this before, but it, whenever I did my first uh, photo shoot prep, genuinely, and, and I'll show you whenever I'm over, like if you, if you look at my phone at that period of time, it's like pictures of me like checking photos like super lean, checking photo, checking photo, screenshots from Instagram of like cake, friends, toast, donuts, like what I'm going to eat, all these things, then checking photo, checking photo, checking photo, then like pizza, pasta, all these massive. And you do have this such like 
you know, I'm literally living my food dreams of all these things that I would probably never, ever eat through yeah. my phone. And like I do, like I genuinely, <laughs> like I did 40 minutes of cardio yesterday and I watched a cooking program the entire time I was on that. Like I watch food programs all of the time. So, so I can't get down with that. Like I, I should try because I never, I've never tried before, but like, does it fulfill your need of like food, I guess? Is it? Yeah, it really does. Like I, I'm really into food anyway. So it's like, I'm kind of learning about food as well. One thing that is okay. sort of my guilty pleasure at the minute is watching, um, Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. So it's not technically about the food. It's about the rest. It's kind of like drama. Yeah. And they're 40 minutes long. So that's good for cardio. But anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's my guilty pleasure at the minute. I think, and I've been thinking this for, I'm going to put you in the spot here. I've been thinking this for a while. And I remember talking to you about this before and you, said the reason that you wouldn't do it was because you didn't want to have to walk about with a spray tan. Now, we've overcome the spray tan thing and you don't have an issue with those. I think as a bit of an experiment more than anything else, I know we have a sort of long-term goal of being in the best shape ever, being as lean as possible towards August next year. I think we should do a very serious potential photo shoot prep for your 41st birthday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do want to try it at least to say I did it once, yeah. you know, like just cut down as, as hard as I possibly send can all have a deadline and go in your check and be like, this week's cardio is 30 minutes per day. Here are your, here are your food, food channel videos. Well, and what, what was also interesting about uh, the cutting stuff and, and, and while we're talking about this, by the way, is I'm, I'm sure, you know, 99% of our listeners aren't going to get to the point to where they want to get to like sub 5% body fat. It's just, you're, you're at a miserable state, right? But you know, we would all love to be looking great in the beach body, um, you know, on the beach or wherever our, our goals are for us to be set, just to be healthy and fit is, is, is a goal in itself. Um, but what we're talking about, you know, and, and why we're talking about this is that, you know, when we're losing weight, our body typically will start to fight us even more. And, and we, I hear this all the time of, well, what I was doing yesterday, I'm following exactly to the T and it's not working anymore. And, and that's our body, you know, for one, you know, if you've lost 20 pounds, that's 20 pounds less you're carrying around you. So your total daily energy expenditure is going to be much lower than it was before. So you have to make adjustments, but also our body naturally fights us. And it's everything from, you know, if we're fidgeters and we're constantly moving around, that's like an extra 600 calories a day that you burn, 600 to 800 calories a day you burn just by fidgeting. You know, I, I know that sounds crazy. You're exerting energy every time you do that. Your muscles have to contract. Your muscles have to do certain things. Your, your, you know, thermogenics is kicking in. Your body has to cool itself down. So there's all these things happening just by you fidgeting all the time, and you know, just by eating less calories reduces those uh, fidgets. Your body naturally does that to conserve, you know, calories and energy. It's amazing how our bodies work. So, you know, when we're talking about getting the sub ten percent, sub five percent body fat. You know, most of us aren't going to go into that type of situation because it's 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 miserable. But at the same time, these are the same things that you apply when you want to lose weight in general. It's cutting those calories down. And uh, I just want to mention two points. In that video, um, what getting to like sub 5% does to your body is horrible. Um, you know, it tanks your testosterone. So they did, uh, uh, on bodybuilders, did a baseline of what the testosterone was prior to the cutting phase and then after. And prior to the cutting phase, the testosterone was through the roof. You know, natural, uh, these are natural bodybuilders, not, not anybody's doing, you know, tier T or things like that. And they were through the roof. 900, um, I think it was 900, which is obviously I think it was 900, 900. upper range. Right. Yeah. 900 is like 900 to 1,000 is like the top, top ultimate range of, of typically what you want to get. And then they looked at um, what it was after they got done through the cutting phase and got through 
you know, like sub seven, sub six, sub 5% body fat. And their testosterone was like 200, which equated to an 80 year old. Um, so if you're in the 200 range, you're literally 80, 80 years old from a testosterone ranking perspective. Um, so it's just amazing what it does to our body. And then everything else, you know, prolactin, everything else just starts to increase. It's just not a good situation for your body as you start to go through that. So, but I will say, um, you know, when you start looking at uh, some of the latest uh, research, and this was, uh, where is it at? I got to find it. This is the wrong one. Here it is. Um, go ahead. You were to say something. I think the thing to sort of, I guess, pinpoint the most is there's just, there's a struggle in everything. So, okay. Yes, it is a struggle to lose body fat. It is a struggle to stay even relatively lean, but being overweight presents its own struggle. So yes. Okay. You know, you choose, you can choose your struggle. Do you know what I mean? Would you like to struggle day to day and be overweight and not have to go through the sort of having to do the cardio and all that sort of struggle? Or would you like to struggle in a slightly more positive way to stay or be or maintain in shape? I'm not necessarily talking about going to those, you know, sub 10%, sub 5%. Like that is beyond anything I would ever want to do. Like that is on the next level. And to me, I guess at the stage that I'm at in my life now, it's not something that I would deem to be worth it. Do you know what I mean? I, I have never yeah, been yeah. in the bodybuilding. I've never wanted to step on stage in my pants. I don't mind getting lean to do a photo shoot. I don't mind that because I know what it takes and I've been there before and I know how to manage it. Um, both times I've done it before have been massively different experiences. And I think that that's an important note as well. The first time I did it, I had to be quite extreme because I didn't give myself enough time. I was carrying too much body fat for the timeline that I had. I'll say I made it and I struggled through it and that was fine. The second time, because I was consistent for so long, it was a small change and it was actually off the back of a bet with another band that used to work in Jimco. And he said he'd been prepping for it. We both were. There is no other Ben. There is no other Ben. Too. He was known as Ben too. If you ask him, I'm probably Ben too. But anyway, um, we were both being coached by Callum at the time. And he'd been prepping for like 16 weeks. Um, and the shoot was three weeks away. And he said, do you think you could get ready in three weeks? And I was like, fuck yeah. I mean, of course. So I had three weeks to prep for it. But because I was so consistent and because I'd worked with Callum for so long, there was minor changes that needed to be made. Mm. And it was three weeks. Like there was no real time to even think about the struggle of it. Um, and I was able to get ready for it. So there's a difference between that struggle of, you know, coming from super high body fat to trying to get to that position to sort of maintaining that, what you said about your body sort of set point as the where it sort of likes to live almost in terms of leanness. The other side of that story is I used to work in the gym. I didn't really have any other responsibilities. Like training was all I really needed to do. So it was, it was much, I don't want to say easier, but it was much more manageable to fit into my schedule. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, coming from whatever side of it you want, there will be a struggle somewhere along the line. And I think you just need to decide, is it worth it to sort of push that a little bit further? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's those, those habits that you make minor tweaks to, I think that is, is a big deal. I mean, just for us, you know, just this latest cut phase, you know, um, being able to just drop calories like we did. And obviously when we talked about it and figured out a good game plan around it, but it was just making minor tweaks to what I do. So instead of me eating breakfast in the morning, I just skip breakfast and I just go, you know, straight to lunch and I, uh, you know, keep my calorie countdown, focus on protein. And then at the end of the day, you know, I still have like a thousand calories. So I'm not paying attention. And then I just, you know, you know, eat 7,000 calories, um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, uh, keep, keep those calories down, you know, and, and it's been very effective for me. And, 
Um, you know, it also showed in the study too, or what, what Nipper was talking about, um, just on, on your overall uh, mood. So they said uh, your your mood disruption increases by over 600% when your body starts getting down to that. So it has a drastic impact on your mind, your, you know, tension, anger, uh, things like that. So, you know, people trying to get below that are going to start to experience some, some pretty hard, hard symptoms. So there's, a, you know, I think a good balance. What Jeff was really explaining is that, you know, t- you know, try to figure out what that love those levels are for you. So for him, he said his is around, you know, eight to nine percent, all the way upwards to twenty percent uh, body fat. So when he gets below, you know, sub nine percent, he starts to get into that angry phase and everything else. So he tries to keep himself kind of below that that mark in, into that mark area, but not too far below, um, you know, to where it's it's causing any issues. So trying to find that low mark and kind of being consistent with it um, is a big deal. And this is when you start getting to like um, uh, cutting and bulking. So, you know, you, if you're in a, a, if you're always cutting, and this is why this is what, this is what took me a long time to kind of understand, you know, with you, Ben, and even though you tell me all the time, you know, the, the issue with always cutting is that your strength will, will not increase nearly as fast or your plateau much faster. Um, your ability to put on muscle mass and maintain becomes much more difficult. Um, and, you know, you really don't have a lot of the energy to continue those types of intense training programs as you go along as well. So there's like all these negative things. If you're continuously just cutting all the time and you're trying to maintain that kind of shredded by look, unless you're, you know, again, doing steroids or things like that, that can, you know, grow. And I'm not, you know, shaming on those, you know, you can grow while you're, you know, in a cutting phase and things like that. Um, But if you're trying to just, you know, be strong, big things like that, but also kind of maintain some sort of leanness, you kind of have to go through those, those high caloric times where you're, you're putting on muscle mass and have a lot of energy and kind of shaving off the body fat and doing the same thing and rinse and repeating is a very good way of kind of going back. But that takes a lot of, I think, um, you know, a, a good framework and system to be in first before you can do that. You know, I think cutting the weight off while you're building out some muscles are a really good approach. And then from there, you know, seeing where you're at and kind of building upon that. Yeah. I think the biggest factor in all of this is you've said it so many times that we know what works for you and I know what works yep. for me. And the only way that you get that is by putting the time in to understand it. And, you know, even you're talking about the the sort of bad mood, like I remember again, as clear as day, whenever I used to work in Slim, whenever I used to work in the juice bar and I was doing my first cut, like yeah. at that time, yeah. everybody was an asshole. It's like, everybody's fucking dick. Everybody was doing my head in the sort of couple of weeks after my mom turned around me because she worked there too. And she was like, you were the dick. I was like, oh, I really was the dick because I was just, I was just super dope. <laughs> I put my eye on it. It's like, yeah, yeah, I was pissed off by everybody because everybody I had a short time or whatever else. Um, but even, even talking about like being able to push to those set points and, and further. And I've said this before, you know, the goal for me is to maintain a level of leanness that isn't the struggle. And if I need to push down that little bit further, to push down that little bit further. Um, again, yeah. talking to coming into the end of October, like I don't know what levels it will be. I've actually never had my body fat measured and I maybe will do it this time whenever I'm feeling my leanest. But I think this time for the first time, and I think I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago, anytime I get lean, I always want to be bigger. And anytime I'm bigger, I want to be leaner. And that's exactly what yeah. Jeff's talking about in the video because he shows the picture of the guy in the good lighting after the gym with a good camera and he looks like his biggest and his leanest and his fullest. And then his picture of him beside it with his t-shirt on and he looks like skinny. Looks like a tiny, 
So I thought I thought that was a before and after uh, picture of like him, you know, prior to adding all that weight on, and then he had a picture of this guy that was just ripped, but it was it was him basically looking like a tiny shrimp, <laughs> yeah. you know, next to him. But he it was jacked in the right lighting, a photo, and everything else, yeah. right? But even yeah. I noticed like it, since my calories were increased, like the fullness that I have after sessions and that anabolic mirror in gym duck that does me lots of favors. Let me tell you. Um, you know, the difference in that in terms of how I look and feel is is much different. But the thing about that is, and, and being able to sort of maintain that and push past that, at this point, like I said, I feel like I'm probably, I want to say satisfied. Like, I don't feel like, yes, I will get leaner, but I'm not like, oh my God, I need to get leaner. And yes, I will get yeah. bigger, but I'm like, oh, I'm not like chasing the other thing. If that makes sense, like I'm committed to this process for this amount of time. And I mean, I'm now in my eighth coming in the ninth year of training it's taken me that long to get to a place that i actually feel comfortable in this phase um so i think being able to recognize that too that it will take those times and i've spoken about this before like yes we'll talk about cutting and talk about bulking but i think that fear that you have mentioned before about pushing calories and pushing weight that i've had that anytime i got any sort of additional body fat that I didn't want. I just immediately went into a cut and never actually really committed to an extended period of time of, of yeah. building muscle. So could I have got to this stage much quicker if I had have just committed to it? Probably. And um, again, one thing I'm looking forward to in work with James, like we have a plan for a six months in a surplus. Um, and I think one thing yeah. actually that will be cool that I thought about the other day, you'll see me tomorrow, I guess. I'm where I'm at now. And then you'll see me exactly in six months after six months of yeah, getting bigger. So it'll be interesting to see the difference in that. Um, but yeah, sort of being satisfied with where you're at is a difficult thing to get your head around. Getting to well, being yeah, satisfied with where you're at is a difficult thing to get your head around, but also still wanting to strive for more in either direction. Well, that's what uh, Nipper was kind of talking about where, you know, it's kind of this inflection point, this, this little elliptical, cur- elliptical curve that goes up and you get to a certain point where you're happy with the results. And then after that, yeah. you know, the body dysmorphia really kicks in uh, to, I, to overdrive. I never that, kind of, like, and maybe you've been the same. Yeah, like, same. Yeah. I'm leaner now than I was, you know, two, three months ago. But I'm like looking at my arm and like, ah, oh, you know, pulling the smallest bit of body fat and like, oh, this is, this, this is disgusting. And I'm like, I wouldn't even have looked at that, you know, three months ago. Go, go get the axe. We're cutting it off. Yeah. So, like, I, wouldn't even have, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even have faced them. If I look back at those photos, I'm like, you know, it's maybe 20 odd percent body fat. And I wouldn't even have batted an eyelid. But now that I'm leaning, I'm like, oh, this is disgusting. It's like skin. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, and, but I think, you know, what you're doing though and how you did things, yes, could you have, built muscle for a longer time and more of a surplus for a longer time. I also think there's a level of kind of checks and balances that you have to do when you're going through it, right? Not letting yourself get too out of control so that it's, it's such an uphill battle and struggle to fight back to get to that point to where you want to be and vice versa. So I think it's just always this, this battle back and forth of, you know, and I, I like your system of how you do things where, you know, you start to say, okay, Hey, you know, abs are less visible. Let's, let's start looking at a cut phase soon so we can sort of get those abs back out. So you don't let it ever get, you know, too out of control to where you can't see visible abs, things like that. And then eventually you start to, you know, kind of build it back up again. So it's just that, that back and forth, but you know, me at 240 is, is very different. And it's funny. Cause like, you know, when you looked down, I was lean at like 210 and the abs and everything, I had like no muscle whatsoever, you know, like, I mean, I did, but I mean, it was, it was, you know, very small in nature. And then you look at me now and it's very different uh, type of body. And, you know, I like that progress of continually trying to put as much muscle on as possible, but also keeping it kind of balanced and lean at the same time to where I'm not, you know, Again, one of those, you know, it's funny. There's a meme about powerlifters and it's like, what is the difference between bodybuilders and powerlifters? 
And it's, it says, uh, it says for power lifters, there's no, you know, you don't have to sit there and do high reps. It's all really heavy weights, low reps. And you don't have to worry about any of the nutrient requirements whatsoever, <laughs> you know, so it's, you know, eat whatever you want to yeah. and just lift heavy is basically power lifting. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's a different type of body style too. I mean, you look at those guys, they're freaking monsters. I mean, they are so strong. It is insane. Uh, what they can do. I mean, they're lifting up trucks and cars and the thousand thousands of pounds, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, you know, in my forties, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it's probably not the best route for me to go, uh, is, is the powerlifting side. So I tend more to be on the power lift or power building side, which is kind of a combination of strength and, and looking kind of great physique wise. But, you know, it, there's definitely something to be said about, you know, having a system that you can trust, especially for somebody that came from being obese down to where I'm at, you know, that trust that I have in myself has taken so long for me to figure out, Hey, I, I can do this. I can do it in a way that I'm not going to go back to that same person again. I can have the flexibility to make decisions in this, and I can trust myself to really keep that mindset going and not let myself get out of control. And I think that's been the hardest struggle for me is the mindset game of that, of trusting myself to get bigger, um, to put on, you know, like I remember when we started seeing the scale, I'm like, Ben, dude, I just hit 220. We have to drop the weights right now. Like, I mean, we have to go down. I have to go down to 185 now. We're like, we have to like, so it's going in the wrong direction. You're like, dude, like, chill out. We're good. You hurt. We're doing. We're doing great things. So, you know, scale to me doesn't is is irrelevant. Measurements, consistency, photo, you know, hitting macros and goals and and data. That's that's all that's important to me. Yeah, and that it's funny because again, you know, I, I you know, we are now two years into this and we've been through it, so we have that understanding and. I think that the biggest thing that I get from working with different people is understanding what they can tolerate both physically and mentally, because people do have that struggle that they have struggled with being overweight their entire life. And all of their focus always has been, you know, I need to lose weight. I need to be in a deficit. I need to do more. I need to do more cardio. And we get them there and they get lean and they're happy with their physique. And now we're like, right, okay, we're going to transition into building some muscle. And it's, completely new territory, not not anything that they ever imagined doing or have ever done before. So there's so many mental barriers that we have to overcome. And I, I, I literally see it in check-ins all the time. They're like, I sort of freaked out that, you know, my weight went up a pound this week, but I'm okay. And I'm like, I know you're not okay because you've mentioned it to me. You've pointed it out to me. Um, and for anybody who's listening, that is a command of mine, they will know that I'm talking about them. Um, but it only comes with time. And like you said, trusting yourself and it's like, okay, you know, we've maybe lost 40, 30, 50 pounds, whatever it is in our time working together. And now we're putting it on because we put on 10, 15, 20, you need to recognize that everything that we did to get us on the way down, we can just do again. But because they're now moving in the opposite direction, it's that like almost fear that they're going to wake up, you know, 50 pounds heavier again overnight because their calories are, are slightly increased. So I think the, the mental side of it is a big factor. And even if we go to the, the levels of extremes, you know, and I said this before we click record, like the biggest thing that I see in competitive athletes is the thing that breaks down first is their, the mental side of it. They just don't have the, they just don't have the mindset to be in it. And that, that's often the biggest struggle. I was actually talking to Rab, the guy that owns, Jim Doc, I was talking to him this morning. He was talking about that, like you know, the biggest thing for him whenever he was competing was he just he just completely lost his mind. Like he he actually used to yeah. say that he would go out a night out, um, and if nobody came up to him and complimented on how big he was, he would be complaining to his wife that he feels like he's getting small. So he was actually going out to be like, you know, look how big I am, and he did used to be massive. 
but you know, a big short guy. But he, um, yeah, he used to say like that. That mindset thing was the, the biggest struggle, with him, and I see that all the time. And actually, I was oh, yeah. listening to um, Callum earlier on one of his videos, and they were talking about how you sort of navigate that at that level with athletes coming into to shows and whatever else, and. There's that sort of like, could you dig deeper for another two or three days in a deficit to maybe strip off a pound or two pounds? Absolutely. But what way does that affect you mentally the next week? And that's where the sort yeah. of running seven, eight, nine, ten low days and then having one or two high days to sort of bring you up. In terms of how that affects your physique, it probably won't. Yes, your weight will fluctuate because you have had, had a higher amount of calories. But you know yourself, whenever you have days like that, off the back of that, you feel fucking invincible because you have yeah. enough calories. So your intensity of your workouts and everything that you do is increased. But it's more the psychologically knowing that those high days are coming. You don't necessarily know when they're coming, but you know that there is a chance yeah. of getting it if you work your balls off between that those two sort of dates. So it is a lot of... Do they have to come often call that refeeding? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom yeah. just refers to those high days and low days. But like he'll say that, you know, yeah. they're basically, you know, eating... 1800 calories or lower and doing an hour's cardio in the morning like uh, the videos are absolutely mental but you know whenever you want to get to that level of being absolutely inside out shredding the guy that he was talking about was moving into um classic physique which is obviously much different than just regular um men's physique because you go from wearing board shorts to those like little black pants so your hamstrings and glutes have to be in which is obviously completely new territory so on those extreme levels looking at refeeds and things like that and that sort of I've pulled a bit of that in terms of the approach whenever I'm looking at people's overall plans long-term. And I was on a call just before we had this call um, and looking at, okay, right, we're going to push another, say, six weeks, eight weeks in a surplus. Then we're going to move the maintenance. And then we're going to do, you know, potentially 10 weeks in a deficit with the idea that we'll do a week or two weeks maintenance and then move back into deficit but even knowing that okay right for 10 weeks i'm going to be in a deficit here yeah. being mentally prepared for that and then knowing you're getting those sort of two weeks maintenance at whatever point it is definitely helps and it just sort of brings you back to that maintenance level gives you more energy sort of resets everything and then you can go back down into it so there's a lot of you know that's why i always say not to stay in a deficit forever because your body will adapt yeah. to it and you actually won't get as much from it yeah, that makes perfect sense. So uh, last thing I want to hit on for the podcast um, is uh, this latest research that came from uh, the Edith Cohen University uh, in Australia. And this is uh, from Healthline. Uh, we'll make sure we send the uh, uh, show notes to this. But I thought this was interesting. Um, the, the title of the, the, the paper is uh, Research Shows It's How Often You Work Out, Not How Much, which I thought was was kind of interesting. So instead of you know, how much you work out, it's, it's how often you're doing it. So if you're only doing it once or twice a week, is that really beneficial as doing it five times a week, but much lesser intensity. And so I want to read through this article real quick and maybe talk a little bit about it. Cause I thought it was something that was a little bit contradictory to what I would think, um, you know, in, in what we're kind of taught and, and used, but uh, it starts off with the tortoise was probably onto something when he said the steadiness wins over the more explosive, but consistent hair. New research from Edith Cohen University in Australia indicates a small amount of daily activity is more beneficial than less frequent, more intense workouts when it comes to muscle strength. Um, so they did, ECU collaborated with uh, Niigata University and Nishikaiushu University in Japan. I'm sure I pronounced that perfectly. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> 
on a four-week training study featuring three groups of people uh, doing an arm resistance exercise for researchers measuring changes in muscle strength and thickness. So, you know, muscle strength, muscle thickness, volume, lean body mass, et cetera. Um, the exercise consisted of, of maximal voluntary eccentric bicep, bicep contra uh, contractions performed on a machine measuring muscle strength in each muscle contraction one would do at a gym. Two groups did 30 contractions a week. One group performed six contractions a day for five days a week, while the other jammed all 30 into a single day once a week. Another group only performed six contractions once a day a week. After four weeks, the group doing 30 contractions in a single day didn't show any increase in muscle strength, although muscle thickness increased by almost 6%. The group doing six contractions once a week showed no changes in strength size. However, the six by five group, so doing uh, six uh, repetitions uh, five times a week group showed significant increase in strength, more than 10% with an increase in muscle thickness similar to the 30 by one group. The results were similar to people in previous studies performing only one three-second maximum eccentric contraction per day for five days a week for four sessions. Uh, people, and this is a, a quote from Ken Nasaka from ECU, people think they have to do a lengthy session of resistance training in the gym, but that's just not the case. Um, just lowering a heavy dumbbell slowly once or six times a day is enough. Although researchers only examined bicep curls in the study, we believe this would be the case for any other muscle group, at least to some extent. So they went through it. That was kind of interesting. On, and they, they definitely highlight why consistency matters. And they say, you know, recent evidence from different sources suggests that relatively short but regular bursts of weight training, even at low intensity, can not only provide the same strength muscle building effects as infrequent, more strenuous workouts, but also that short walks, especially after meals, can lower blood sugar surges and reduce the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. So I think, you know, what this study is showing is, one, consistency matters, right? Um, and two, doing more frequent workouts throughout the week and less time at the gym may be more beneficial than spending, you know, once or twice or three times a week at the gym and doing just more frequent uh, type of exercises. Yeah. So what I, what I get from it is if you think about the conversation behind like a bodybuilder, like bro split, where they do chest on Mondays and legs on Tuesdays and whatever they do, but they do see basically a body part per day across the week versus full body sessions or doing upper lower or whatever else. So you're maybe not hitting the muscle as much per session, but you're doing it more times across yeah. the week. So the overall volume might be the same, the same way that it is in the study. They're basically doing the 30 contractions in whatever way, shape or form that is put together. Um, so that, you know, we've spoken about that before, the benefits of doing that and how you can get sort of more work done, still able to recover and things like that. So that would sort of, back us up in terms of what we're saying about frequency and volume across the week. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I mean. You know, you look at our training programs and how we're split. I mean, we're hitting multiple groups, multiple times a week, even though um, we've decided that we're just going to train push for the next seven days back to back. We're just doing push every single day. <laughs> we don't want to get into a leg tit for tat again of what happened last no. time. I couldn't walk for two weeks. After that. <laughs> Definitely not. So we're just going to train push all week. Yeah. Yeah. Just push all week. It's our favorite anyway. So, no, but I mean, I think it's interesting um, to talk about that consistency thing and you hear that as a theme from us, but others, you know, that have had success with this. And it's that repetitive lifestyle um, that gets you through, whether it's you're walking every single day or, you know, you're just hitting the gym for 30 minutes, you know, seems to be much more valuable once a day versus, you know, maybe doing, you know, three times a week, one hour. Um, so, 
you know, can you hit the gym 30 days, a, you know, 30 days a week? Um, I, I could do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's um, no problem. <laughs> actually, the thing, the thing that uh, I'll say on this is, you know, my sessions at the minute are probably 45 minutes. And I used to think, no, I know. Oh, not mine. No, yours aren't. Not mine. You're getting a hard time no. <laughs> sending emails and everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But, that's true. But for me, it, it's not that I, I never intended. I just do the program that James has set and it only takes me 45 minutes. And it's, you know, I used to always think that I need that time. And, you know, I would have always blocked off two hours. You know, if I worked, whenever I was working in the gym, I would have saved myself two hours and then like half an hour to get ready after that. Like I thought that's yeah. what I needed to do. But I find that I go in and I can really exert myself in that time. And it's just the way that the, the setup is for me. And it's ideal because it doesn't take me as much time. I can fit a lot more stuff in around it. I can still come back and do my 20 minutes of cardio. So yep. it, it is working for me at the minute. Um, but I can imagine that you and I are going to spend more than 45 minutes training this week, but we will have the time to do it. Do you know what I mean? I guess yeah. it's just sort of fitting it into what you have available. If, 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 if I'm in a hurry and I need to get things done, 45 minutes to an hour is plenty of time yeah. for me to knock out my routine. Disco pump, you know, if I, if I, right. Disco pump, you get it going, you're all set. But you know, for me, I like, I like being down in my gym. You know, it's, it's a place away from distractions. It's a place away from, you know, the rest of the world, it's me and the weights and that's it. And, you know, I can get emails done. I can get certain things done if I need to. Nobody comes at the to end of the day, you. Like I can, no one comes to bother me. It's my, my area, you know, and that's, that's, I think what I, I resonate with the most. Okay. We're good. Hey, sorry for that quick, uh, cut in, in, in video. Um, I had to use the bathroom really bad. So apologize for listeners there. Uh, but, uh, we're back. We, we, we did a quick pause. We're back. Um, little emergency, but, uh, no, anyways, I think, the, where do we even go from there? Um, but I, th I think the, uh, the, the truth of the matter is the consistency that we talk about is something that, you know, you get into those repetitive uh, type of, of exercises, repetitive type of lifestyle, whether that's macronutrients and what you're tracking and eating and those habits around nutrition. And even seeing this article, you know, nutrition really is 90% of, of the battle, right? And then the consistency is the rest. So, you know, when you look at, at if your goal is, is cutting weight, you know, cardio, let's just say you, you go and work out for 30 minutes for cardio. That's going to be, let's just say 300 calories or 400 calories that you burn there. Okay. At, at 400 at maximum rate, they're just going high intensity the entire time. Um, at that point, by you eating a donut or something small is going to completely eliminate that, what you did in it from a cardiovascular perspective. So, you know, if your nutrition's not there and you're eating more calories than you're, you're, you're burning cardiovascular, you know, uh, cardio is not going to do anything for you whatsoever. Uh, maybe, you know, good from a blood flow perspective. And, and there is a lot of science around how it impacts our cells. So it might be good for your overall body, but it's not going to help on the weight loss journey. So that's what we're talking about here. And the consistency is that, you know, getting to the gym, doing 30, 45 minutes of, of a weight session, training and hitting those muscles is going to have a much better effect on you than going once a week or twice a week. Uh, you know, try hitting up as much as you can. You know, three times a week is, is usually the, the good sweet spot. Four times a week, five times a week is even gravy. Um, you know, you do need time for recovery though, uh, and things like that for your muscles. And that's one of the things I was looking at from a, a research perspective of, you know, when is it not good to train? And that's usually when your muscles are sore. If your muscles are sore, it's usually a good indication. You probably need some time to, you know, wrestle those muscles and fix the tearing and everything else that we're damaging our muscles, fix the tearing and damage that's occurring in those muscles. Yeah. For me, I like training five days a week. Like, yeah, I could do less and the way the training split and James has always been pretty flexible in terms of what that needs to look like for me. But I actually like 
having the five days um, and the way they split is absolutely perfect for me across the week. And, you know, I think one big factor that I'll, I'll sort of touch on to sort of relate back to that bro split conversation, because it came up in the discord with Marcus um, you don't need to stick to a conventional way of doing your training program. So it doesn't need to be just full body or it doesn't need to be just a bro split or just push pull legs. Like mine is, shoulders and arms, legs, rest, pull, push, legs, which is not necessarily something that you would, you know, generally look at. Um, so don't be afraid to sort of step away from the norm. And my suggestion for Marcus was do lower upper arms, then lower upper, and you can get a lot done across the week. You can target those areas that you potentially wouldn't usually get much volume or generally you would sort of tail onto the end of a workout and not maybe get the same intensity. Usually it is arms or something like that. And there is obviously that controversy of, oh, you can't just do an arms day. I'm like, I can do what I want. Um, but if it's a, number one, if it's a leg and body part, then yes, you absolutely, absolutely should do it. And number two, and you will know this from my program. And generally if I'm programming arms, I'll put it on the end of a lower body session. If it's push pull, then you'll get triceps on push and biceps on pull. But the reason that I do that is because there's no work done through your shoulders. So you can actually be able to contract the muscles yeah, through those. fatigue. Yep. But yep. at the end of a leg session, you're fucked because you've just trained legs. So you're not given the same intensity to your arms overall. So if you look at that sort yeah. of across weeks and months and years, you're not given that same intensity. So yes, having arms more frequently across the week is, you know, it's manageable. You can recover because it's a smaller muscle group. There's different ways to hit it. There's different ways to split it. So don't think that you just have to Google push pill legs workout and that's the way you need to get it. You know, tailor it to yourself. Do yeah. push pill legs upper door, whatever it needs to be. Like the Chris's uh, program earlier on, he's been banging on me about it for ages and he's listening, appreciate it. Um, but we did two full body sessions, a full body push session, a full body pull session. So full body push, rest, full body pull, rest, lower, and then upper. So we can get a lot in across the week. So we're using lower and upper and we're using full body. It's just the way that the week is split. Um, that's where I was able to get it in. So, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to specifically stick to the things that are the regular ways to do programming or whatever Google says. Yep. Yep. And that's the flexibility you have. And I think that's the things that you learn as you go along, but, uh, that was a good, 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 uh, podcast today for, for wrapping things up. And, uh, um, you know, so you'll be traveling, uh, this week and we'll get obviously another podcast in, uh, next week when you get back. So we'll not going to skip a beat or miss a beat on any of these, but, uh, we'll have a, appreciate a, everybody. a wrap, like a, this is what we did in the past two weeks podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And what we learned, uh, from one another and, uh, you know, how your orange theory session went and, and how, and how much I destroyed you. So we'll see how that goes. But <laughs> I was actually thinking this no, the other but... day, the people that you have the nicknames for, if they listen, like I'm going to see them, I'm going to meet them. That's right. Absolutely. Short shorts. Short shorts. That's how I'll put them out. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening for us this week and tuning in. I uh, hope you enjoyed. Uh, if you did, uh, please share us out and, uh, you know, get, let's get bigger audiences and more folks that we can go and help. And, uh, you know, we hack health on Discord. We hack health on Twitter. Um, or, and then uh, we hack that health on, on social media. So hit us up anytime. Always here to help out and join our Discord community. It's a great group of folks helping each other out every day. So thank you all for tuning in. Truly appreciate it. See you next week. Good. 